Hello and welcome to the Miss Rule In podcast. As always, my name is Jacob Staten, and as always, we are joined by a non-UFO, presently freshly groomed, JJ Armstrong. JJ, you've had your tabs lowered. How are you feeling? I have. You can't see me tabs because I've got these UFO headphones on, but grand reveal. Look at that. He's had a haircut. Unbelievable. I'll turn the uh, brightness back down so you can't see me. Don't talk over me, When did Brad Pitt come on, eh? Uh, yeah, I look like Brad Pitt now. I finally caved in after weeks and weeks of bullying, really, I think you could call it. Um, and I've got my hair cut. So for those like, watching, like, you're welcome. More like Brad from that bit. Something like that, yeah. But here we are. We're fresh. I feel good. Yeah. Feels good not to have hair in front of my eyes. Anyway, you're not here to listen to me talk about my hair, so let's let's carry Prat on. Along. Yeah, let's carry on. Um, before we dive in, JJ, what are you supping back on? Got a treat for you today. Go on. A can Agua. of Stella. Oh, Nelson Mandela. A God can bless of Stella. You. That's hard times that. He's gone for a can, not even from the bottle. Got a can. Well, what I've about got you? a got a Brewdog Lost Planet First Lager mm. on offer in Tesco today. Let's have a little ooze in the freezer to, to get it good. Lovely. Lovely. Oh, crisp that. Delicious. <laughs> crisp. Crisp. <laughs> crisp. So uh, before we before we um, dive two feet first into the uh, Fulham match, just a brief mention that obviously the Leeds game was cancelled for obvious reasons. Um, it, we're going to come back to it, the fact it was a it was going to be another Monday night kickoff, but yeah. So we're going to then go to Fulham, which was the Friday night, which was we're recording this on Wednesday the twenty first, and that was Friday the sixteenth. I want to say. Um, so yeah, we obviously. We started really well in the first half. Uh, it was a bit ropey. I don't, I don't think we. I don't think we could possibly say we were on top or anything like that. But um, you know, we score a, a, a you know, probably a scrappy goal, but a good end of a goal for Taiwo, which was important. Um, get to hot another half time in the lead, and then uh, what happened, JJ? Well, we once again we capitulated, uh, which is a big word. And a word that, unfortunately, I've used to describe Forrest quite a few times. Uh, mm. And I thought that word was laid to rest after Stoke under Sabri since Steve Cooper arrived. But alas, it, it has not. It still is very much here. So, yeah, we, I mean, <clears throat> not really surprised. I think the first half, as you say, you could tell that we, we're, not, we're not playing well. Um we got through it, but I don't think we were playing well. They still felt like if anyone was going to come out the second half and do something, it was them. Um, I think our defence looked really slow and it just wasn't good. Again, another another lead thrown away. Uh, was it three goals in five minutes, was it? Yeah, yeah, three and five or six, something like that. I mean, you know, I watched the, the, their equaliser... I mean, I've seen a few. They tried to say in the commentary, didn't they, that um, Mitrovic may have blocked Ryan Yates, I think it was, who would have followed Tosin, Adora Bayoyo. Um, it's not for me. I'm glad that didn't get overruled. That's not a block. That's not that's not a reason to disallow what was a really good header. The second goal, um, just just a wonderful finish, wasn't it? I, I think, I, I mean... Always with those kind of goals, people can say somebody should have gone out and closed him down a bit quicker, etc. I tend to err on the side of it was just a wonderful finish. Um, no chance for Henderson or anything like that. And then the, the third goal, that's the one that burns me the most because 
that kind of counter-attacking goal, man over. We're used to seeing Brennan Johnson do that for us. And yeah, that that kind of, that burned me a little bit, the third one, I must admit. But, you know, and we, and we get a goal back. And I just don't think, after we get that goal back, I don't think we look like, we didn't up it again. You know, it was almost like we'd got... It's almost like we'd equalised and we were holding out for a draw. You know, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't, we didn't step on to him. Um, I don't know, how you, I don't know how you felt after that, after our second goal went in, JJ. Um, I didn't. I mean, obviously, I was pleased. I didn't. We didn't threaten, like we didn't threaten to actually do anything with it. Like say, it felt like we was holding out for a draw. Um, I mean, the obvious point here is Lewis O'Brien, the goal scorer added a lot when he came on how he wasn't starting same against Bournemouth um I just don't know he he looks like one of the first names on the team sheet for me he injected a bit of life to us he made the tackles he got us moving he's got a good finish um can't really complain but I didn't sit there thinking we're gonna pull this back we'll get at least a point out of this um and I think you know he, he waited a bit too long Dennis was sitting there on the bench. He brought him on in the 87th minute or something like that, something around that time. And I just feel like he he made the right subs in terms of bringing O'Brien on and changing system. But again, I think he could have been a bit swifter with some some of his choices. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if... I don't know if Cooper's looked a bit, maybe a little bit shell-shocked. Um, he... <laughs> You know, he, he's not really been in these kinds of positions with Forrest before. Um, he's got a lot of new players who, although it's all, you know, it's all well and good saying, you know, because I, I completely agree, Lewis O'Brien should be starting. But if Remo Froiler, who was a Champions League captain, is fantastic in training and deserves his chance in the game, then, you know, it's Cooper's, Cooper's decision to make and it's his, his hill to die on. And I'm, and I'm fine with that. But it's, it's, it's almost like he doesn't quite know his first 11. And doesn't quite know the best thing to change to. And you yeah. know, when you consider that we're, we're what six games in still, it's still um, are we say seven seven games in now, and seven, there's like yeah. ninety. Well, I'm reading off here of somebody's comment, uh, we're going to read out later, but ninety three points left to play for. So, you know, it's it, it's one of those things like he, it's, it's going to come. But I think the sooner he finds his first eleven, you know, there's, there's three things for me actually. Like sooner he finds his, his favorite formation. Um, he did swap back to the what we were talking about last time with the uh, the one two up top rather than the three. Um, his favorite formation, his first choice eleven, and he you know, play, players like Dennis who can play on the wing. They can play kind of inverted inverted winger on the upper, on the left hand side. Can play wing on the right hand side. Play up front. That kind of player. Find out where's best to get the most out of them from. Um, then I, I think we. We're gonna we're gonna have a few more games like this, but I, I don't think it will go on for long. I uh, just to jump on the point, you said he looks shell shocked and he's not been in this position with Forrest. Mm. I don't think he's been in this position with anyone. I don't think many That's managers out there have been in this position with anyone. It's a very unprecedented situation to be um, to have most of your team leave and most of the sort of core of the team be loans that have either moved on or gone back to mm. the parent club. Uh, short amount of time from the playoff final to the start of the season, um, investing so heavily with so many new additions. I think any manager in the world will struggle. Will struggle to know the best eleven. Um, will struggle 
to sort of get them to gel. But if there's anyone that I trust to make them gel, it would be Steve Cooper because we've seen his man management is so strong. Um, yeah. I'm not surprised he don't know his best 11. I don't think Forest Twitter or the Forest fan base as a whole knows their best 11, evident by the fact that I put up a graphic up with my uh, starting 11 for the game against Fulham of what I would want it to be. And he had some replies saying, I'd love this to be it. We're going to win. We'll thrash, mm-hmm. thrash Fulham with this. Other people saying, if we play this team, we're going to get battered. Some people say we need to be four at the back. Some people say we need to be free in midfield. So, like, no one knows because we haven't really seen all that much of them. Um, I think the old players of championship are getting the easy uh, stick to poke with and they're at fault because they've been there longer. And I think the stock's rising higher for the players on the bench purely because they haven't played. It's sort of Jal Carvalho syndrome. I forget what my initial point was, but I think my point is in a roundabout way, I'm not surprised he doesn't know his best 11. Mm. No one that supports Forest does and any manager in this position, no matter how good they are, you give them a short amount of time to integrate that many signings, they'll struggle, particularly in the Premier League. Yeah, and I think I made the point last time as well. I think, you know, we needed that many players. So, you know, the, the comment of too many signings, I completely disagree. And I have this conversation a lot. Um, you know, we needed that many signings. I think the one for me is the signings after the season started. So you you have, you know, and, you know, again, we could say we needed some of these extra players, but, you know, you have a group start the season and then you, you just drop in them on top and it, it just... Yeah, I, I, I liked it the, the couple of seasons ago when they had that one where the transfer window ended before the first game of the season. I, I completely agree with that. Obviously, you need every other league to follow suit, don't you, to make it work. But uh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're hearing a lot of speculation about if there's Cooper signings or if, like, who cares? Who who knows? Who knows? Like, How many? We signed 22 players. If yeah. all of those are Cooper signings, I'll be out, well... I'll be extremely surprised if all of those are Cooper signs. Yeah, it's all speculative. Um, mm. It's what he does. Then it's got to be mature enough, whether he's said that his players or not. They are now, so I'm sure yeah. he seems like a, he's not going to freeze people out. He seems to be quite good at man management, as I've said. So I back him. Yeah, same. Absolutely. I mean, this leads us nicely into kind of a question of like what what could be going wrong. And we had we had a comment from um, a long time listener, Patrick Gallagher or uh, Gallagher, apologies either way around, um, around kind of tactical now and why we're repeating base carries of 5-2-3. Um, and Patrick says he's ashamed to walk away or does he actually want the sack? Um, and I, I think kind of, I kind of replied to Patrick and I had three main points really. The, the, the issues for, with it for me are kind of the back three. He doesn't know his his, his best back three which is something that he absolutely did last season. Um, and although those players could technically be the same, you know, I, Cook, Cook looks a bit shot now for me. Uh, Warrell, again, to use the same term, looks shell-shocked. Uh, McKenna's, you know, he made, he made one mistake. He's still been phenomenal, hasn't he, for two and a half seasons. So, um, you know, Nia Carte is a, is a shoe-in into that, that middle slot. And uh, I'd love to come and see Barde play. Willie Barley looks like a, a decent option, but I don't think he's a long-term solution. So I won't be surprised if, if it's the same one that started the season of Warrell, uh, Nick Carte and McKenna, maybe with Barde coming in 
somewhere. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the first point, the first issue is knowing that strongest back three and sticking with it because that's a key point. They they need to that back three needs to play together a lot, you know, to understand it's it's, it's a it's a cutthroat league. This one, um, yeah, you need to need to be together. Um, the next point was right wing back. I think Nico Williams is is brilliant, but. He's not the same player as Jed Spence. You know, he, he's fantastic in his own way. He, he gets to kind of almost kind of right centre midfielder type position and his balls in there are amazing and that kind of thing. But I think the fact he doesn't bomb on, he doesn't link up, um, as I say, well with Johnson but at all with Brennan Johnson. Um, I think it's part, part of the reason why Brennan Johnson looks a little bit... Um, I, I was going to say out of his depth, but I don't think that's right because it, lost. I, I don't... It looks lost. That's a fantastic way. It looks lost, absolutely. And I think the team, the team as a whole, looks a little bit unbalanced. You know, like last season where it was kind of Spence bombing on, and Callback obviously filling it left back wouldn't wouldn't bomb on as much. So there was a nice asymmetric balance there. Um, we don't have that at the minute because they both seem to be sitting back quite a lot. Um, um, and then the the third point, if I can remember was around the centre midfielders. So obviously we only played two centre midfielders and in in the championship, I think with uh, Garner and Yates, we had the, t- the two, two of the best, two of the absolute best in that league, central midfield. And I think to make this uh, a midfield two and only two work in the Premier League, you have got to have high, 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 high quality. And that's, this is not a detriment to anyone we've got who can play that position, but to only have two, I don't think we have that level of quality. I think Mangala and O'Brien, to me, seem to that could be that could, quality. Could, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they've looked very good um, themselves when they've both played. And, and again, this isn't a detriment to Ryan Yates. He's proved his wrong. He is a good player. No. He's not a starter for me. But that's not me saying he's not a good player. He's a good squad player. Yeah. He's a good addition. In I, a two, he doesn't I start say for me. Anything wrong. I wouldn't say he's done anything bad or wrong. I just don't think he's not influencing games as he did last season. Yeah. You know, anyone who's listened to old episodes of this podcast, we were not Ryan Yates fans. And he has completely and utterly turns around. You know, I always say, any, I want anyone who pulls that, that Garibaldi red shirt on to be the next Stuart Pierce. But he really has turned me around and I'm a. Through Yates believer, but he's just not, he's not quite getting as box to box. And, 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 you know, understandably, he's got a world, world up, step up of player to mark, hasn't he now? So it's, it's understandable, but I'd like to see him trust himself a bit. I, I, I thought that he would be the one that would make the step up really, really well and easily. I thought he'd continue to be box to box and kind of throw teams off because they're not used to seeing that kind of classic midfielder. But yeah, maybe, maybe he just needs to believe in himself a bit more. We, we might still see it. Um, his work, mm. we, we keep hearing about Absolutely. his work ethic and apparently mm. doing however many mile runs before breakfast and, and all this stuff. So he's hungry for it. That's exactly the type of commitment you want to see from a mm. player to be hungry, to be caring about putting the shirt on. So yeah. we still might see it. And you know what? I, I hope we do because I'd love to see Ryan yeah. Yates play that role. But as it stands, I just don't think he's a starter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... I don't quite think it's inevitable, but I think a, a move to a kind of a four-two-three-one is 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 going to be possibly or potentially on the cards. I I personally think that Lodi and or Lodi and Williams would would really really flourish in a back four. Um, the way the way they both play, you know, um, I think they're both a li- not not necessarily lost, but kind of a little a little confused 
kind of subtly confused as to getting forward and getting back that kind of thing um, in a way that Jed Spence and Max Lowe and and I suppose Jack Colbach in a way w- weren't. But yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a, if a move to at least a flat back four wasn't on the cards and I wouldn't be surprised if Lodi and, and uh, Williams really, really flourished with that. Yep. So, so we put a little tweet out asking for, for comments from you guys. Uh, we had, we've had a select, we've had, well, we've had a few come through, haven't we really? So that Gary Baldy nerd, so at that Brit, that Brit nerd, there's Smash reasons that. to be cheerful, and I like. I know, yeah, and I like this. Um, reasons to be cheerful. So remember where we were this time last year. I think we just appointed Steve Cooper this yeah, time last year. I think it was one year is, either today or yesterday that Cooper arrived, which is mind blowing, mind boggling. Absolutely, yeah. Mangala and Nikarte should be back soon. Tick tick, unreal. A one year scored a proper goal. Yeah, I mean it was another tapping, wasn't it? it was, but you got to be there to <laughs> score him. There's still 31 games and 93 points to go, which, yeah, I mean, that's enough to change anyone's point of view, isn't it? Um, O'Brien continues to look immense. That he does. Uh, and Leicester look in worse shape than we do. That they do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, they do. Um, so thank you very much for that. Big Z at NFFC under 13. I'd love to hear something about levels of expectation. Any Forest fan under 40 has never seen the team win anything. Those over fifty have seen them lift European cups. So, what does that? What does the modern Forest fan expect of this team, manager, and ownership? What are they happy with? I think this is a really, really good question. And for me personally, I may joke about this, but I, I getting more than eleven points this season is a win. You know, I, I've I'll, Kevin Keegan. I would love it if we didn't go down. I'd love it if we stayed up, obviously. But getting more than eleven points is the only goal for us. This, this is. This was not meant to happen, you know. We we went from bottom of the league with one point to solid in the playoffs and, and winning the playoff final comfortably. This is this is not the, you know, this is not the world we're meant to be in right now. So I think any, anything more than eleven points is is a is a win. What about you, JJ? Um, well, I think for me over the the years supporting Forest, the main my main thing that I wanted to see was I just want us to get to the playoffs. And then it's, mm. I just want to see us win a semi-final. I just want to see us play at Wembley. And then we win at Wembley. I just want to see us win at Wembley. We did it sort of two in one there. And I, <laughs> as I keep saying to my friends before, I just one day would like to see Forrest play in the Premier League. So for me, mission accomplished. If we go down this season, last season was some of the, my best memories um, for supporting Forrest. Unbelievable. I think it, Unless we somehow kick on and, you know, win the Champions League again or win the league even, I don't think it will get better than the Wembley playoff final and the memories of last season. So mm. expectation wise for me, uh for this season, it's seventeenth will do. Yeah. I think it looks like it's slightly cobbled together, but it looks like we're building a squad for Europe. So my expectation and long term view is <laughs> 17th will do if we can over a few years sort of get ourselves into the top 10 that would be amazing if we can go a few steps further and get us into Europe fine that's over years uh, my expectations now is just to enjoy supporting Forest, which last season and to lesser degree this season I haven't enjoyed watching Forest this much in a long time so mm. really I don't 
my expectations are quite low this season. We could go down, we retain Cooper. That's enough for me in terms of expectations. Yeah. Yeah. If you talk about I ownership mean, expectations, that's what I would expect for him to yeah. retain the services of Steve Cooper, no matter what happens. Because I know people have said, you know, they spent a lot of money and they absolutely have, you know, we spent well, about the fourth or fifth most in Europe this this summer, but that was all free money. That was all money that's come in. You know, that's not, he's not sticking his hand in his pocket per se. And obviously he is, it's his money, but you know, that's money that, that the club has earned from being, from getting promotion. So, and I think you, you made a good point that earlier when we were talking about this saying that, you know, if we did go down, I don't think it'd be another 23 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's essentially it for me. It's been an agonizing 23-year wait. If we did go down, it wouldn't be the same. And mm. I know you can you can talk about expectation and spending a load of money and we should be here, there, everywhere, whatever. This might be a, a stupid analogy, but I could wake up tomorrow morning and spend £10,000 on lottery tickets. That don't give me the right to win it. You know, it's, it's not automatically just because I spent a lot of cash. So... It might be a, a long roundabout way of saying it. Um, Jacob, I think you might have frozen. Don't know if you're still with me. No, I'm with you. Oh, all right. You're just very stoic. Um, <laughs> might be a long way, long-winded way of saying it, but just because Maranakis has spent that much money doesn't give him the sort of automatic right to, yeah, exactly. to get anywhere in this league or win the league or get to Europe or whatever. Like, sure, if it happens, fantastic. And the money would have helped. But let's not be so arrogant. Silly, which leads us into David Jones's uh, reply and question. And, you know, long time listener. So thank you very much, uh, Jonesy, dear boy. Uh, I'm determined to enjoy this year, whatever. We've waited a long time to go up and it only happened because we caught lightning in a bottle last year. If we went down, who would, who would still be in the squad and how confident will we are we coming back up? That's a great question. Um, absolutely right about catching lightning in a bottle, as uh, you know, kind of we've alluded to. We're not meant to be here. <clears throat> looking at the looking at the team, um, Henderson obviously wouldn't come. As John Smith, backup goalie, probably to Wayne Hennessy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind Hennessy in goal in net. Bian Khan, I imagine would stay. Steve Cook stay. Joe Warrell probably stay. And Basso, stay. Ne- Neko Williams, um, I'm going to say stay. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of money and we take a lot of money to, to kind of prize him off. Harry Toflo, stay. Nick Carte, I imagine, will be gone. Serge Aurier, completely forgot we had Serge Aurier. Um, I imagine would be gone if we went down. Scott McKenna, I'd like to think we'd be able to keep him. Maybe hot, hot property to sell. Omar Richards, I'd like to just see him play for us. Loic Barde, again, like to see him play for us. Willie Bolly, I imagine, would stay. Brennan Lodi would not stay. Uh, Mangala would be gone Colback probably stay uh, Morgan Gibbs-White hopefully stay Jesse Lingard definitely gone Lewis O'Brien I mean if we could keep him Cafu not in the squad so kind of irrelevant Cheku Kwate probably stay Ryan Yates definitely stay Remo Froiler probably not um, Owunyi Probably, probably not. Sam Surridge would probably be first choice striker there, wouldn't he? With Brennan Johnson, if we could, if we could possibly keep him, Manuel Dennis would be gone, and Lyle Taylor again not in the squad. So, you know, look at that. It's, it's again. It's pro- it sounds like it could possibly be another partial rebuild, even if we did go down. Well, the difference is all these players are ours. We've not got X yes, amount of yeah. loans anymore. Um, 
We've got Panzo out on loan. We've got Martin out on loan. They're going to be stronger for yeah. it. We've got Josh Bowler ready to come in from Olympiacos. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I the, just uh, bang, bang you, Joe. Sure. As well. I don't think we'll ever see him in a forest shirt, but sure, we've got him as well. Right. But I just think yeah. if we went down, we'd, we'd be in a strong position in the championship. If we went down yeah. with that squad under Cooper, we'd be in an even stronger position. So... Mm. That's why I think it won't be 23 years and we've got resale value on players. We can make some money back. We can retain a decent squad. Um, I just think, I just think we'd, we'd give it a good go. I don't think it, I think it would only be a few years, if not straight back up. You never know, obviously, but yeah. I certainly don't think it's 23 years, but to the point of enjoying the season, no matter what, that's, that's me a hundred percent. Sure. I can, yeah. I'm going to, and I'm going to get frustrated and not enjoy it a lot of the time, but overall, just sort of happy to be here. Yeah, I, I'm going to go back and say that I know we've spoken, you know, mentioned the, the the R word a lot. I still don't think we'll get relegated. But um, all right, yeah. wondered where that was going then. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, previewing Leicester. JJ, talk to me. Yes, Leicester. When is that? I, I've lost track of time now. This silly international break. Looking up here, Monday, third of October. Third of October. Um, Leicester are in a bit of trouble at the minute. They're not playing too great. Just a little bit, yeah. So are we. <laughs> uh, we're not playing too great. Time for Rodgers to have with the squad on the training ground. Time for Cooper to have with the squad on the training ground. So mm-hmm. it's going to be finally balanced. I am going to remain optimistic and hope that Forrest can possibly get a 2-0 win here. I don't think it's going to be easy again. People will look at the sort of Bournemouth Leeds, Fulham games and think, Nine points yep. easily. Not not going to happen in this league. Still going to be difficult. But we're playing them at a time where they're on the ropes. I think one more loss against Forest is the end for Rodgers, potentially. Think- so, mm, who knows? I don't, I don't think so. Not my opinion. Fair enough. I, I think he's in, this, he's in this situation because of the club's owners. I, I don't think they'll be, they'll be sacking him, paying him off. I think that there'll be. I think there's a bit of a mutual thing of let's give it a go this season. I think fair. N- none of this is his fault. I, I agree. They, I agree. Sold, but they sold all these players, haven't they? So I I agree. But football football is a weird a weird thing where he's gone into the international yeah. break after not backing him. It would be a good time to sack him if the worst to get rid of him. Then he loses the first game back. Then they get rid of him. So that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I won't true, be surprised here just because of how daft some owners are, but. Less, although they didn't back him, the Leicester owners seem to have the head screwed on a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, weird to see Leicester in that position, but yeah, be an interesting it's quite game. out of nowhere as well, hasn't it? Their, their whole willing, unwillingness to, to back to, to to play in the market, isn't it, as well? So I'm sure and I saw, all like, sorry, I'm sure I saw something said that their businesses had lost quite a lot of money. I don't know if that's a COVID thing okay. and that's why they can't back them, but something like that. Fair enough, fair enough. Cool. Um, I, 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 yeah, I think it's. Um, I'd be much happier if it was at home. In fact, would I? We keep losing after going up at half time. Um, it could be you know good good game to play away. Um, probably come at the right time. We need to bounce back, and who better to do against than, than the worst team? A bit of a rival as well. So, yeah, I think it'll be it's an important game to get to get right. I think you know I think anyone would take a draw right now, get another point on the board. But I think it's a very important game for. For, for the for the club to get right for both managers and a question please answer down below is Leicester and Forest a rivalry 
because I don't think it is. I couldn't care less about Leicester. I think you're a, you feel a bit stronger yeah. about that, but they're not a rival. They were a rival when we beat them four one in the cup, but not not really. I wouldn't for me. necessarily say they're a rival, but I don't I don't agree with those who just completely dismiss it. It's not Derby. It's not Derby, but I, it's not like we're playing Aston Villa. We, oh, look at that segue look. There we go. Into the following Monday's game against Aston Villa, JJ. He's not happy about it being a Monday, is he? I don't know if you can tell. Um, I, 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 Sunday's, Sunday's one thing that I've managed to swallow over the years of watching football, but um, with that, you know, if, if the Leeds game had gone ahead, this would be our third game on a Monday in... Less than in less than one month, we would have had three games on a Monday night. Tell me that's not ridiculous. I couldn't. I'd be a fool to try, Jacob. Yeah, um, a fool. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're playing Villa. It's not Derby because you know what? They're not in the Premier League. They're deep down in League One, and they're not doing great. Whoops. No. Uh, Villa again. They've not. They've, they're sort of picking up a few points here and there. I don't think Gerard's much good. I think he saved himself. I mean, they somehow got a point against City. They played quite well in that game. But all in all, I don't think they're great. They've got a good squad, so they're capable of doing damage. I don't think they're being utilised properly. So I guess quite similar to, to Leicester. Um, tough game. Is that at home? Away? It's at home, isn't it? Away. Uh, the Villa game's at home, yeah. Sorry, at home. Uh, yeah. At home. Sorry, I'm looking at the wall shot up there, which you can get at misrollingin.co.uk. Um, Zing. Yeah, another difficult game, which I think will be my sort of prediction for every Premier League game. But I'm quite confident here of another win, especially at home. I think fan the fans have sort of had a bit of infighting recently about the lack of atmosphere. Bournemouth and Fulham are a bit more boring tin pot teams. Villa are a bit mm. closer to home, a bit more of a Premier League side. So the atmosphere yep. should be a bit better. Uh and I think the players will be wanting to give a good home performance after the sort of capitulation of Bournemouth and Fulham. So talked mm. for a lot there, but I think another two, I think two, two nil wins uh, out of Leicester and Villa. I'd take six points. Definitely. I'd definitely <coughs> take four points. Take I'd it definitely with you. take three points. I'll take definitely take two points. And I'd just about stomach one point. I think I'm going to be captain optimistic and say four points. I don't know who, which, I don't know where the dubby comes, but that's not optimistic. That's four points isn't optimistic. Well, if you're optimistic, six. you'd go six. Mm, no. Okay. Optimistic, optimistic and say four. Okay. <laughs> I, cool. I, I take it. Yeah. I take it. I take it for sure. For sure. Cool. Well, that's it for this episode of the uh, Miss Rolling podcast. Um, if you're listening for the first time, thank you for joining us. And if you've come back again, God, we love you. You Reds. You Reds.